Hi, I'm Eleanor from Interfilm, and to celebrate Pride in July, we're bringing you an interview with the screenwriter of The Danish Girl, the very talented Lucinda Coxon. Lucinda will give us advice on the passion needed to become a writer and what it took to get The Danish Girl made. We think this interview is full of great advice for students thinking about a career in the film industry. Enjoy the interview. My name's Lucinda Coxon. I am a, I'm a writer. I write plays and films. It means I, I write scripts, essentially. Uh, and you probably all know what writing a... You've probably all, you know, read plays and been in plays, uh, willingly or otherwise, at some point in your lives. Um, and so you know what a... I, I imagine you all know what a play script looks like. And a, a, a film script, if you haven't seen one, it's not very, it's not very different. Uh, the only difference, I suppose, is that you, you're writing more pictures. You're literally writing the pictures. I, I guess I was one of those people who was good at English at school and I went to university and read, did a degree in English. But before that, I'd spent a lot of, I'd spent years working in local youth theatres and, uh, you know, participating in local youth theatres and also working at Derby Playhouse. Um, I was in a youth theatre at Derby Playhouse and I worked as a dresser every night in the week and also on the weekends, twice on a Saturday at Derby Playhouse um, and that was, you know, that was how I made my pocket money but it was also, it was really, my, you know, my great passion. I would always have rather been there than anywhere else. So I kind of really always wanted to work in the theatre and I've ended up as a writer. I didn't know that's how it would play out because I didn't really know writers existed then. By the time I was writing for, started writing for screen, I was writing, play, I was working as a playwright in London uh, and I started writing a film, um, really for myself. Uh, and I think that was because I, you've, you've got to kind of follow the idea. And so I had an idea that just felt more like a film. I had a thing I wanted to start to explore that just felt more like a film than a play. And so I started writing a film. Uh, and when I finished it, I think it was 27 pages long. And that's not long enough for a film, in case any of you are wondering. It's, it's about, it's enough for the first, you know, quarter of a film. But I was exhausted by the time I got to page 27 because I'd never done it before. And so I showed it to a friend who worked in, didn't really work in film, but he was a lawyer who sometimes worked with filmmakers, who I uh, was the only person I knew who had any kind of connection with film. Um, and so I showed it to him and he said, you do understand it's too short. But I'd never read a screenplay. I didn't know what they were supposed to be like. So, and he explained to me that the layout was all wrong. So he kind of helped me fix it a bit. Um, but it was very basic. And I think it's, it's all, so the mistakes I was making then are mistakes that none of you will, will make now because you can just look at hundreds of screenplays online now, which you couldn't then. But I just, I had no idea what I was really doing. So I just kind of bosked it. Anyway, it all worked out in the end. So you'll make other mistakes. Yeah, so that's okay. We all make our own mistakes, but you won't make the simple, who knew that was how a screenplay was meant to be formatted mistake, I hope. I know a lot of writers who I started out with who are still working second jobs or have given up writing altogether. And I don't want to be the person who sits here I've got, I've got a daughter who's 17 and every time somebody comes to talk to her, every time they have an assembly or anyone comes in, all they do is sit and tell you how hard it's going to be and how hard you're going to have to work. <laughs> how, you know, you've got to be kind of bleeding out of the eyeballs with effort if you're ever going to do anything in life. And that's not really true. But you need, you do need, for writing to be a, a successful, whatever that means, writer, uh, you do need quite a lot of self-discipline, I suppose. That's what people describe it as. But I've never... I've never thought of it that way. People say to me, you must have a lot of self-discipline, but I don't have a passion. So it doesn't fit. If you're doing something you have a passion for, you don't need a lot of self-discipline. You just, you, you know, I mean, sometimes it goes wrong and you have to get up and do it again. But that's part of having a passion is that you, you know, sometimes it goes very wrong and it's maybe 
a fortnight, a month before you want to do it again. But actually, you do get up and carry on. Um, I, I think in terms of entry routes, there are as many entry routes as there are writers in a sense. But coming in through the theatre, it's not uncommon. Um, and it's a brilliant way to get experience in a, in a form that is less expensive, quite honestly. If you're, if you're thinking about writing, to, to, to put on a, a short play, if any one of you were to write a short play and then ask your friends to be in it, you could put it on in here relatively quickly and relatively cheaply. You will already know that to make a short film is a far more complicated and expensive operation than that. So in terms of practicing your craft, it's a, it's a great way in. Um, and it also teaches you to be collaborative and not to be too prissy, um, which is not a bad thing to learn early. Uh, but I think there are, there are also other people who, who, who come in other routes, um, who come in as filmmakers <coughs> primarily. You, whatever it is that you want to do, you've got to be trying to practice it every day. Now that won't, or you know, you've got to be trying to practice it all the time. And sometimes that just means watching a lot of stuff. I love being able to come to a college and say, you should all be watching more TV, you should all be watching more. It's great, it feels really, it's, you know, it's the opposite of what everybody told me. Um, but you should be just watching as much as you can and absorbing as much as you can and figuring out where, you know, where the kind of resonant frequencies are for you and who are your, what's your tribe in terms of uh, theatre and film and television making. And, and it's a medium that's changing all the time. You know, I'm struggling to keep up with the kind of change that, 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 that Amazon and Netflix now bring to my marketplace. Because I was raised in a, you know, I've grown up in an industry where people would approach you and say, we want, uh, yeah, it's a series, we want six episodes, 40 minutes. And now if you have a, com a conversation with Amazon and you say, so how many episodes? They say, well, how many do you want to write? Just whatever you think. I said, well, how long would the episode be? And they go, well, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't have to fit between Midsummer Murders and whatever else, you know, it doesn't have to fit in a schedule. It's, and that's a really strange thing after kind of 25 years of hearing the other thing, it's a really odd thing to get your head around. You'll all be used to that. So you, there's an incredible, when I look at the product that's available on Netflix, it's, it's, it's kind of staggering. So look at what you, what you connect with and what you love and, and, kind of, and pursue that in your own, uh, in your own work. But, you, but also just look further afield. I sometimes think, I think I said this at, uh, when I was uh, here before talking at the, um, the thing that's not the metro, metro, the quad, there you go. In some ways, I'm really jealous of you guys with the access that you have via the internet to, to things that it would have taken, that it took me like 10 years to kind of manage to see, that you can see in 15 minutes, you know. But in other ways, on my route to finding those things, I found all sorts of other things. So I found musicians and painters and a whole world that was around those filmmakers. Um, and I think that is, you know, you explore the worlds. I'm sure you've been, you know, you're well taught in, in this sense. But, but I think, you know, get into all those other textures um, and, and, and find out what, what you really kind of connect with. Because if you don't really connect with it, you won't stay the course. And that's not me saying you've got to work really hard. That, I mean, working hard is sort of given. But, but if you don't really connect with it, you won't have the passion and you won't have the resilience. If there isn't enough pleasure in it, if you're not in it for something that is actually deeply personal, even if you don't understand what that is, it's a, it is a career where you are very exposed and very knocked back very often. Uh, and that doesn't mean you have to be especially tough, but you, 
do have to be resilient and and it's your connection it's your it's a sort of deep personal connection with the material or with the process that, that will keep you going the danger girl is always good to talk about because it's because it's Genesis was so fraught with catastrophe. Um, so the process from when I first was sent, um, I don't know if you know, the, the Danish Girl is, is my, my script, or the way I came to the, the, the film in the first place, is that I was sent a novel called The Danish Girl by a guy called David Ebershoff, um, and uh, by, by some producers in uh, the States who had seen another film that I'd made, and they thought that I might connect with the material and I have to say when I first somebody said to me oh in these days this is the kind of language we used uh, it's about the first it's a, it's a book about it's a novel about the first sex change the first the first guy to have a sex change or something and so and I think that the blurb on the back of the book said the story of the first kind of post-op sex change and I wasn't sure that was something I was especially interested in or qualified to write about um, but then I read, started reading the novel and realised it was based, it really was based on a true story of, uh, of these absolutely remarkable people, of uh, Lily Elba and uh, Gerda Wegner. And Lily Elba's story, um, Lily who, as far as we know, we don't know for sure that she was the first post-op, that this was the first post-op gender confirmation surgery, but we, we, we don't, we don't we, she may well be. Uh, she's certainly one of the first uh, that anybody knew about and her story was lost partly because women's history and queer history tends to disappear but also because of the time when it all took place so if things are happening in the early 30s what happens in, in, in that part of Europe in, later in the 30s is so devastating that a lot of those kind of records are are lost and literally the, the hospital records uh, of Lily's surgeries were lost because she was operated on in uh, a hospital in Dresden, Dresden famously firebombed, carpet bombed um, by the Allies during the war so the, the whole hospital was destroyed never mind the records pertaining to Lily. Um, so I discovered that there was this extraordinary true story about which there was still relatively little information because this was a long time ago. It took 11 years from when I first read the book, and indeed I wrote the script I, within a year. It then took us another decade to bring it to the screen and for you to see it. And that was largely because I'd, I'd like to tell you that we sent it out to people and they said, what a fascinating story, but they didn't. We sent it out to people and they said, we love the script, but I mean, nobody wants to see a film about a subject like that. Nobody wants to see that. And we, would, we had a lot of talent attached. We had lots of actors attached. We had. People, you know, so at, at different points in the film's genesis, we had um, Nicole Kidman, Charlize Theron, um, Rachel Weisz, Marion Cotillard. I mean, there was a sort of extraordinary a string of A-list actors attached to the film, different directors um, attached also. And we could never quite raise the finance um, because people always said, it's just nobody wants to see a film about that stuff. Um, so we were fortunate that two things happened. Tom Hooper had wanted to direct the film but had, had a, not, hadn't, didn't really have the time at one point and also didn't have the clout. After, after the King's speech he didn't feel, he thought he would struggle to get it made. He went off and made Les Miserables which made a shed load of money which meant that producers were more likely to take a gamble on him and 
this was relatively speaking a very cheap film for him so we had Tom and also what had happened of course is that uh, you know LGBTQ activists had been working throughout that decade and the times were changing and there was much more openness and interest in in issues around trans so that in a sense by the time the film came out we'd almost missed the boat you know there were extraordinary kind of things happened in those couple of years that we couldn't possibly have anticipated um, and so we were we were finally able to make the film but I, I have to say we couldn't have financed it without without Tom Hooper actually uh, who was just owed one by the studio because he made so much money out of Les Miserables and this is a tiny it was a lot of money, but it's a tiny amount of money compared with the amount of money that he made out of Les Miserables. Every year we were not making the film. I was very frustrated. By the time we were making the film, I was thanking my lucky stars that we hadn't made it five years earlier, six years earlier, because we would have made... It's not that we wouldn't have made a good film. I think we would, it's possible we would have made a better film. We would have made a small art film. Uh, we wouldn't have made as big and shiny a film as this. Um, but I think it would have had less, uh, it would have had less reach. It would have, it would really have only, it would have been going out to an art house audience. <laughs>